1: No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filippone. Welcome into another edition of First and Pod every game every week. Every team, Danny Parkins, Andrew Philliponi. Thanks for being with us. Subscribe, rate, review. And putting that to the test after Panthers Falcons. It...
0: Every game,
1: every team. It it wasn't the most boring game of the year, but it was in the conversation. Like, especially early, you know, I was thinking about, uh, you know, Niners-Broncos. You know, that 11-10 game, but that at least had laughing at Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett. You know, like, this game didn't really have, like, the main characters, To get people interested. Al Michaels asked during the game, you know, well, do you think that Atlanta can get a quick score? No. No, I don't. (laughs) Uh,
0: I love that his filter is just off on Amazon. He took the paycheck. He's doing these Thursday games and he's like, whatever.
1: Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, I I had a little bit of a sweat. It it was looking like a lock. It was three-nothing in the first and Ten points midway through the second, and uh, I had under under forty one and a half. Ended up cashing, but you know that ended up being a little bit of a sweat. This this was the game. This is the type of game that uh, very tough to love if if you weren't gambling. But why no Ritter? What's Atlanta waiting for? Well, I think it's because they're
0: they feel like they're in it. They feel like they've won games. You know, I feel like that's probably, that's the way they would answer that question. Um, If I'm them, this is not so much about how do we find a way to win the, you know, the worst division in the NFL. It's about, do we have a long-term answer at quarterback? And Mariota is not that guy. Mariota is not, is not Geno Smith or somebody like that who's on his third, third or fourth team that with better coaching and a better supporting cast is going to blossom and turn into a really good quarterback. So I'm with you, man. They should play Ritter next week. Why not? Just see what yeah, you got with it, him. Maybe it, it, he's it Jalen Hurts. Seemed, it
1: seemed like such an obvious move in this game in particular. Like I, I get it. They, they've exceeded expectations. I I understand, you know, they NFL teams are trying to win every week and they coach their team up that way. And they're, oddly in it halfway through, but it it didn't even seem like it would be punting on a season to see if he could be a spark. I mean, neither team had 160 passing yards in this game. Yeah. You know, like it, it, it's not like it, anything was working really well offensively. It, it just, it seemed like such an obvious, you go four or five possessions without scoring. Like it, it just seemed like such an obvious move in this game. You know, obviously they know how he's looking in practice better better than any of us. But it felt to me like, um, you know, I was at that Clemson-Notre Dame game and <laughs> Clemson wasn't scoring. And then they put in the freshman, Cade Klubnik, and like he immediately threw an interception that was horrifying. And then they just went right back to DJ Uliangalele. Like just because just you give Marcus Mariota a few possessions off, doesn't mean you can't go back to him. It, it just felt like such an obvious move in this spot.
0: Yeah, and I think the Carolina thing is going to be about like what can Steve Wilkes do to make David Tepper think about him for the job. That's obviously, we'll get into it with the Jeff Saturday stuff. That's a huge topic right now. And Tepper came out from the very beginning and said he needs to do an incredible job. Well, what constitutes incredible job with one of the worst rosters from a maybe maybe defensively they're not one of the worst but come on I mean this is a bottom five yeah roster in the league and they beat Tampa they should have beat Atlanta the first time and they beat them again so I would say Steve Wilkes has done a pretty good job not tremendous maybe or incredible but he's done pretty good there
1: Danny yeah, I agree. I'd I'd, I'd want to. It'd be like the the Stephen Ross, Brian Flores. Don't publish it, but hundred K per loss plan, man. I'd be. <laughs> I wouldn't really be thrilled with these with these narrow victories in a meaningless season, so that I get to draft the third quarterback in this upcoming class. That's that's how I'd be judging success. But NFL teams just don't seem to operate this way. Uh, a lot of teams on buy again this week, so. Shorter slate on Sunday. Vikings Bills though is Super Bowl preview at, at, at least on paper, and the story is the ulnar collateral ligament of Josh Allen. Does this week to week elbow injury that they're saying it's going to be does it does it change how you view the Bills? Yeah, it does. I mean, I'm
0: um, I would not want maybe there's some some betters out there that think you can take advantage of the hysteria and you get a better price on them right now. But I'm not doing it. I'll be f I'll be brutal, I'll be just up front with you. I'm not doing that. I know that even this game is an example of that where the line goes down and it's only three and a half right now. Um You know, I watched Roethlisberger have a UCL injury. Now his ligament was completely shot. You know, and he couldn't throw another ball that year, and he needed like football's version of Tommy John surgery. But anybody that has to throw the ball far and really hard, I don't like hearing UCL. I don't. It's maybe you've got a different perspective on this, but if I'm a Bills fan, I'm like, this is the one thing that could f our season up. And now, I'm thinking about it every day.
1: Yeah, well, I, I don't know that you'll think about it every day. It's the type of thing that you're gonna want to see, see him perform through. Like it's this is the moment of doubt, right? Like losing to the Dolphins is one thing. Having Josh Allen not be an MVP caliber player is an entirely different thing.
0: So wait, you think he's gonna play on Sunday?
1: I don't know. I don't I mean the the line's three and a half. So that obviously suggests that that he's not. And I tend to go with the gambling market on on, on this sort of thing. Um, but you were talking about, you know, odds. I mean, they they're still like three and a half to one, the favorite two in the Super Bowl. I would not bet that right now.
0: No, and neither would minus,
1: I and they're minus three hundred
0: in their own division, and I wouldn't touch that with the ten foot stick. No, yeah no I would in I,
1: I would either but I, my, my point is like the the odds are reflected in this in the point spread for the game, not for the the, the season long odds so like the, mm-hmm. the markets for the season long odds still say Bill's best team in the NFL Bill's odds on favorite so it feels like the only opportunity to really have an actionable play on it is if you think they're wrong on this specific game and I'm not that sharp. Well, you know what I mean. Like I don't, I don't have a source who's watching the closed portion of Bills practices to to let me know how, how how it's going. And it's a weird spot for Minnesota. We've been waiting all year to see can they do something to really prove it to us. Since that Week One impressive showing over the Packers, where they kind of put them on the map, but then that win has been downgraded ever since the Packers season has gone on. And now, if they beat Buffalo. Without Josh Allen, we still won't really give Minnesota credit. Yep. They're, they're they're in an unbelievable spot. I know it's not college football, and you don't have to impress a committee. It's just beat the team that's on your schedule when you play them. But uh, from like a power ranking standpoint, kind of a weird spot for the Vikings. I agree.
0: It feels like a lose-lose situation for them now. Yeah. If they win, they're going to get no credit. If they lose, it's going to be, oh, they're a fraud. Look at their record. Look at their narrow wins. Look at where they rank in certain categories they're really not that good. So, that is and uh, on the flip side, if you're Buffalo, even though you're favored, if you win this game against a one-loss team without your best player, then you really are head and shoulders better than everybody else. Yeah, and you know,
1: just on the uh, the other side of the like you, you were making the case last week that Minnesota's winning but not looking impressive. This is probably the last chance. Like if you believe that they actually are as good as their record is. Yep. This is probably your last chance to get them at an inflated price. Like, Their, their odds are significantly longer than the Cowboys, the Niners. You know, they're, they're the fourth team right now in the NFC, right? Philly, San Fran, Dallas, Minnesota. You could still get 16 to 1 uh, or better in a couple of spots, probably 18 to 1. Uh, to, to to win the Super Bowl so like if you think they're winning this week uh it's probably worth you know taking the small point spread number or just saying you know what forget about the game if they win they're gonna go from 18 to one to 12 to one to win the Super Bowl after yep. this game I'm gonna just bet their future uh, right now if you're a believer in Minnesota Cowboys and Packers.
0: Uh, does it feel like Mike McCarthy is starting to win the divorce?
1: I don't even get the argument. I, I, I did, you know, I was a high school debater and they teach you to debate both sides and, and be prepared for both sides. You wrote this question. So I assume your answer and you can be a contrarian at times is, uh, yes, but Aaron Rodgers has been in multiple NFC championships and won multiple MVPs and Mike McCarthy hasn't won a playoff game. So, I mean, if he wins a Super Bowl, it becomes a conversation, but... What if he just gets to one? I would... I mean, maybe. Maybe. But he but he hasn't. He hasn't even won the division this year. Like... Uh so it does Is it starting to feel like you won the divorce. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is second all time in MVPs. Yeah. And he's done that since McCarthy left. And Agreed. he's been in a couple NFC championship games since McCarthy. So he's got what two MVPs and four playoff wins since McCarthy's left. Right? So they lost the I, don't, NFC- I don't think it's
0: close. Okay, so they lost the NFC championship game. To San Francisco,
1: there, and they lost. It they to Tampa lost the when there was, and to, when there was to Tampa, when there was basically no one in the stands at Lambeau. Yep, yeah. and then they lost in the divisional round last year.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you go by that, then it's yes.
1: What am right? What am I supposed to go by?
0: Well, all I'm saying is that awards and wins. Okay, all I'm saying is that <laughs> though, if Dallas were to get to the Super Bowl this year.
1: Then, then it becomes a conversation, right? Right, right now, and Dallas Rogers, is Dallas right is now,
0: alive in this season, and Green Bay is not. So that's there's your situation right there. Dallas okay. alive, Green Bay dead. But
1: so far, Aaron Rodgers got the kids, the house, the stock options, the airline miles, and the dog. He's crushing him in the divorce he's absolutely crushing him eh. well I would agree with
0: that overall body of work but I would say right now Mike McCarthy's having a good year
1: yeah okay he's, Ma- yeah you said he's having it yes he's it's like Aaron Rodgers got the dog the and house, the airline miles but like now like the house is starting to break down a little bit and so well, there's like, right, a, like and a, like now a they're speed speed gonna see
0: out. and now they're gonna see each other and for the first time McCarthy when he sees Rodgers, is like I actually have the upper hand on you right now I'm actually in a better place than you are, which I never thought was going to happen.
1: I, I didn't either. I, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it, for this particular game in this spot, I'm sure when they, you know, do the long embrace, uh, you know, uh, at the 50-yard line before the game, Mike McCarthy will be feeling a little bit better right. about himself in that specific moment. Uh, that, that than Aaron Rodgers is, but I don't think I don't I don't think Aaron wishes that he still had Mike McCarthy as his coach, but I think that Mike McCarthy probably still wishes he had Aaron as his quarterback. I don't think so right now.
0: I don't think so right now. I think he's fine with Dak.
1: Yeah, yeah. We we just, we differ on that. But you think?
0: Wait. You think Aaron Rodgers is better than Dak right now?
1: I think that. Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah, I do. I do. I'll just—I'll answer it directly. I won't I even equivocate for you. I'll just—I'll just answer that one directly. Okay. This team has been a covering machine for me. I think you've been too afraid to bet them because you're a coward. I've said it every week. What's going on here? When is—when is the market going to say enough is enough and respect the fighting Geno Smiths? Why is Tampa Bay favored over Seattle in this game?
0: I really do not get that because I don't think the public just blindly bets Tom Brady anymore. And I think they love a good story and bet with their heart. In Seattle is that. So I haven't seen anything that really like tells me like where the money has come in on this game and whatnot. But I have a hard time thinking that the odds maker set this line because they figured that people were just going to line up
1: around the corner
0: to bet Tampa Bay.
1: Do you You think it has anything to do with the games in Germany and it's a long ass flight from the West coast? It's really not
0: that much longer though. They actually, did you hear about this? No, it's only an extra 200 miles. Really? Yes. Because the earth is not flat. It's round. What? Tyree Irving. Yes. Yes. You can go look this up like because of I know it's bizarre, but because Tampa has to go so far north to get to Germany, Hmm. it actually almost evens it out like that is the biggest. I'm telling you, geography people will back me up on this. It's really not a travel advantage
1: for Tampa Bay at all. Okay. Uh, I did not see that. My bad. True story. I, I'm, then that takes away one of my theories. Um, Now, maybe the people
0: betting they think are dumb and don't know about that.
1: Yeah, that, that's, that's possible. I saw this stat. Tampa has five offensive touchdowns in their four wins. That's crazy, man. Like, that is horseshoe in the keister, winning by the skin of your teeth. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, And they're like a historically bad rushing offense, too. Right. I, Tampa's not good. I don't. I. And their defense, their defense is good. It's, you know, top 10 in the league. But. It's not special. I don't look at that Tampa's defense and say Geno Smith scoring six points in this game. So yeah, I uh, for the third consecutive week will be on the Seattle Seahawks on the money line. Yeah, third consecutive week. Will you be? Will you be joining me? No, I'm not. Coward. I'm not like, I am still
0: expecting Coward. the wheels to come off that at any point. Uh, I mean, I'm playing I'm, with house money. Oh, definitely. Cause you've, have imagine if you had part, if you had just doubled your bet every week. Yeah, that. no, I
1: have, I've not done that. I've not done that. And I also just don't have the discipline like you to bet like one or two games for a lot of money. I need action. I need, I need action wherever Red Zone's going. That's like that's like the number one thing they say not to do. To make <laughs> yeah, yourself no.
0: a profitable better. Like you're breaking the first and really only commandment
1: of that. That's right. That's right. And every year, at the beginning of the year, I say, I feel like I do pretty well on my top picks. I'm going to just be disciplined. And then I'm like, like last well, week you
0: had two great ones, but you probably
1: lost money because you bet like 19 things. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I did make money last week, but it was, yeah, my top ones were, I, I don't know, man, I, especially these London games. People used to talk about like with the Hawaii game in college football to chase, but I got two young kids. I'm, I'm like so washed up. I don't stay up that late anymore. So the
0: 9:30 or 8:30 t- game your time is just the bets, the bets, That's the Hawaii
1: game. It's like play it's like a game I'm... there every week. Oh, I, it would be great. I if if, if there if there was an eight thirty a.m. Sunday morning game every single week, that'd be that'd be primo. So yeah, I have to have money on the London game. It's like what gets me out of bed and puts lets me turn on the TV in the morning. Niners and Chargers before the year. This felt like a potential Super Bowl preview. Now it's merely just an upper echelon game in in a so so week on the card uh Niners offense healthy how good do we think it's going to be man uh
0: based on what they gave up to get McCaffrey and what we think of Shanahan and some of the other players that are already there um you know you've got Chiefs you've got Bills you've got Eagles you've got Dolphins You've got Bengals, I guess, to a lesser extent.
1: Well, I mean Dallas too. Dallas, Dallas, I believe.
0: Nah, but I would say top. I would say top five offense, and anything less than that ain't gonna cut it. Got to be top five, which would mean starting with this game on twenty-eight points or more. That's what we should be looking at with them, right? I mean, is that setting the bar too high?
1: No, I mean, I think that it. it a lot of it for them is going to be game script. Like if for some reason they fall behind, you know, like they, they, they should be able to run the ball on everybody. They, they don't want to have to rely on their quarterback to throw them back into the game. So much of it's like Kyle Shanahan's system. And, you know, with Debo and Kittle and McCaffrey, it should just be like the most diverse running offense that we've ever seen. Um, and I would expect them to have a pretty high level of success in this spot. Like the, the Chargers just aren't what they were supposed to be. I'll bet on them again next year, like we said. But uh, I just it, – it bums me out because I do really believe in their roster. But looking at their schedule, too, I mean, especially the next few weeks, this is the Niners, Chargers, Cardinals, Saints, Dolphins, next four. You know, Dolphins' off uh, defense is – okay statistically but doesn't feel like it should be that good they've been in plenty of shootouts that you know then they get Tampa and then it's softens up again Seattle Washington Vegas Arizona so really only one game in the back half of the schedule where I would look at it and say they play a pretty good defense so yeah I'm with you I think it should flirt with being a top five offense unless something weird happens in the first quarter or the first half and they feel like they've got to pass the ball 35 times in a game That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
0: Go to your happy place for a
1: happy price. Go to your happy price, price line.
0: Yeah, well, I think he's the guy that is going to, you yeah. know, the, the coach isn't going to own it. The play caller is not going to own it. The offensive coordinator, it's going to be him. So I think he's in a weird situation where, and we've talked about this, where if they're great, he's going to get very little credit. If they're bad, he's going to get almost all the blame.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I still think that he can do enough with just straight-up wins to be a starting quarterback for a team heading into next year. But it's probably off the table, barring a huge playoff run, that he'll be a starting quarterback with security. Yeah, Like, he could be a starting quarterback for a team that drafts a first-round quarterback and just has to go through this whole song and dance again. And I mean, the Chargers are still technically alive, but for a playoff spot, but they're, they, they're going to need an upset like this to like really convince anybody that that they can be dangerous again.
0: Charger uh, or Jaguars and Chiefs in Kansas City. Who do you think needs the one seed more? Kansas City or Buffalo? Who needs it more? Who needs the bye? Who needs the home
1: playoff games more? in your opinion? I think it's got to be Buffalo. Just because 13 seconds, I know they've proven that they can win at Arrowhead, but not in the postseason. The Chiefs, because of their pedigree, because of their AFC Championship game and Super Bowl appearances and the ring on their finger, and coach and quarterback having done it, they know they can win anywhere. Mm-hmm. So while the Bills would go into Arrowhead for an AFC title game and say, we've won here on Sunday Night Football, right? We've we've won here on national TV. We've blown them out. Uh, in the postseason, you would think human nature would have an inkling of doubt in the back of the minds of guys on the Bills – more so than more so than the Chiefs. And then you add in the Josh Allen injury as a variable there. I think I think the answer is Buffalo. But obviously both teams desperately would want it and would yeah. benefit from it.
0: Yeah, the only thing I'll say back to that, Danny, is and the reason why I do think there's a case to say Kansas City is that they've been fortunate that every year here with Mahomes, it ended up going through Kansas City whether they were the top seed or they were a you know a second seed and the number 1 seed got knocked off and it created you know that road going to it detoured through Kansas City i mean you know they have they proven to be a great team yeah obviously they're in the AFC championship game every year but they haven't been a road warrior team in the playoffs so in that regard, I think you can say Buffalo's one in Kansas City. Has Kansas City? They went to San Francisco and won this year, but they haven't proven that they're going to win that they can win playoff games on the road yet, because they're usually too good.
1: Right? No, I mean that's it. It's fair, and so I just like it's like I believe that they could do it, and so it's it's harder to to quantify. And I mean the teams are so damn close, you know. But, but yep. both teams would obviously with how the new playoff format works it's such an advantage to whoever gets it that that both teams would benefit tremendously for it uh and it's you know whoever ends up being the third team in the afc you know you just if if it plays to the bracket you get the the easier path right like if it ends up being miami that looks to be a juggernaut offense or whatever going forward the other team has to knock them out uh, yeah before you get there just for this game it's only a seven point spread. Doesn't that feel a little light like yes does does, does does it feel like Jacksonville is ready to to go to Arrowhead and play this game in single digits i It does not to me.
0: yeah, I think it's an overreaction, probably more to what Kansas City failed to do. For most of that Tennessee game. I think they got docked more for what they weren't able to do consistently on offense in that game.
1: And in fairness, it, it is up to nine and a half. It's up to nine and a half. Okay. It was a bad opener. But, oh. but yeah. I still I still I still like it. Like I, I said, I said single digits, but just just for the point of accuracy there.
0: Uh, Lions and Bears. What does your guy Justin Fields have to do in this game to keep the momentum going? to keep Danny Parkins from saying, "You know what? He keeps doing it. This is not like a um, momentary setback or blip on the radar type situation. Blip on the radar type situation.
1: I'm not terribly worried about that. You know, the the question for him here, you know, and what some of the detractors would say is that this isn't sustainable it's nice to have a shot at lamar jackson's single season rushing record it's really cool to break mike vick's single game rushing record you put up a box score with 178 rushing yards and three passing touchdowns that's never been done in the history of the nfl and seems like when you say it out loud like it's only the type of thing that could happen in a college football video game but throughout this entire stretch of good play second half of the vikings game Cowboys game, Patriots game, Dolphins game, for the last five, your high for passing yards is 208. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've never had a 300-yard passing game in your career, right? Like that That's the knock on fields at this point, if there is one. My thing to that is the passing is getting better. The efficiency in the passing game has been there. Multiple games completing over 70% of his passes. The three-touchdown passing game this past week, some very nice passing moments. They don't have good players in the passing game. You know, that none of their offensive linemen are better pass blockers than run blockers. There's no other first-round pick on their offense unless you count Riley Reef, who was a first-round pick, but it was, you know, a decade ago, and he's only been in there for the last two games, and he's not, nowhere near the version of himself. Like, no one that Fields is going to grow with. So even if he had a few interceptions and a quote-unquote egg was laid in this Lions game, He's just so clearly shown enough of a ceiling that at a minimum he's going to get next year where they're going to have a hundred million in cap space and a top 10 pick that I don't really think anything could happen that is going to derail optimism around Hmm. Justin Fields, at least locally, maybe nationally where he's become like the darling of national media, but 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 locally people are all in man. So if they lose to the lions at home, it's like uh eh, oh wow. Dude, I think people will be interested in hearing that or surprised to hear that. Dude, wins why why would wins and losses matter for this team? Like, you know, it I'm not saying that I my thing has been I advocate rooting for losses when you're tanking for a quarterback. Yeah. But it but to, you know, go get Jalen Carter, right, the, the nose tackle from Georgia who would help this team tremendously. Like, you know, it's real tough to make that case publicly when a new coach is trying to instill a culture and the Razor's Edge did all these NFL games come out on. So I'm not, like, in the suck for luck, you know, sure. type, type of mindset here. But I bet you the GM is. I bet you Ryan Poles is. <laughs> right? like. Yeah. What, but I think a funny subplot of this for, from just your standpoint is the Bears' schedule is pretty weak, and the Packers are pretty bad. What if the Steelers chose the wrong NFC Nelson oh, to I, trade with for Claypool and the Bears finish with a better record than the I, I've been, I've been thinking about that, and I, we've been talking
0: about that. That, you know, is it possible that Green Bay, if they were to lose on Sunday, are they that far away from going to Jordan Love? I don't think so. I think at some point if they if they get to a ninth loss, I think they owe it to themselves at that point to play lo- to play love. Yeah, whether that's to you know eventually say okay, he's our guy or trade him, but if they don't, then it's a complete waste of time in an otherwise uh you know disastrous season. So Dude, I don't think it's uh, – right now, I would probably still pick Green Bay to finish ahead of Chicago, but it's not a slam dunk. Like, that That probably was not – it should not have been an easy discussion among the Steelers brass to take the Bears pick.
1: Yeah, I I think it was the right choice. I, the, the Bears defense – it, it's got to be the worst front seven in football. Yeah. <laughs> it I, I'm not it it has to be
0: and like just a year ago it was one of the best
1: yeah you know you, you right in the offseason Eddie Goldman retires Akeem Hicks leaves Khalil Mack leaves and then at the deadline you trade Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith I mean it's 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 definitely your four best players Eddie Goldman wasn't very consistent last year but it's Arguably your top five players in your front seven uh, from, from just a year ago are are gone. I it's been, I mean, it's been a cash cow, but opposing running back anytime touchdown and rushing yardage over prop against the bears, the, the rushing yardage prop I think has only not hit twice out of nine games. I think it's seven and two Ooh. and anytime touchdown for the starting running back has been, has been a winner also. So it's, that's a, that's an auto fire and fields rushing yards prop opened in the fifties again, which is insane. That's a, that's a, that's an auto fire on the over. Also, it should be 70 yep. or 75. He's unbelievable. Yeah. Dare people to bet the under there.
0: Yeah. Um, do you think the giants are a lock to make the playoffs because of their schedule? they got the Texans on Sunday at home. So,
1: you know, we've talked about this, they they're kind of like Seattle who I've believed in the market hasn't respected their win loss record yeah you're right you know um and this one I agree with the market on so like are they a lock to make the playoffs no because would it shock you if Damian Pierce ran for 150 yards and they lost this game? I don't. I don't think you could be in a spot where you'd be. You'd say that the, the Giants are a shocking loser, and then it's. So I think the they're. State-
0: gonna, I agree with you. I think they could easily. After watching the Texans against the Eagles, I think you're exactly right. I think Houston's a
1: real live dog in this game. So like the, the Giants are six and two, right? Yep. Two of the next three. Well, the next, the next two are Houston and Detroit at home. They should get to eight right there. They should be eight and two. Right. If if, if they're good, they get to eight and two. And then it's shocking if they miss the playoffs.
0: Because then they'll have, the, they'll have the Cowboys on the road on Thanksgiving. Then after that, they'll have the Commanders at home. That should be your ninth win. Eagles at home, probably a loss. Washington on the road, probably a loss. Um, Vikings Minnesota on the road, road Indy at was. home,
1: Philly on the road. But yeah, so like, I mean, it, it's not it's not that easy of a schedule because it's division games, and the you know and, and Minnesota uh, on the road is in there, and we'll see what Indy looks like at the end. Probably not good. We'll get to them in a second. But it
0: feels like probably ten wins. Worst case scenario, eight is what, or is worst case scenario nine? I mean. Is what I see with them.
1: Yeah, but I just I I like I said, man. I think that like let's ask this question again in two weeks. Okay. Because so, so, so something tells something tells me they're not winning both of these home games. Right. Te- tech, like, if if I set the over under of wins here at the next two games, Texans and Lions at one and a half, I will. Take I think I'd under. bet
0: the under. Yeah, me too.
1: You know, so I to, no, they 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 are not a lock to make the playoffs. They, they deserve to be favored to make the playoffs, but but not but not a lock. All right, your game, right? We're on to uh, oh no, one more before Saints and Steelers. I apologize, uh, Colts and Raiders. Jeff Saturday, fresh off, get up <laughs> and the NFL li- <laughs> and the NFL li- I love Dan Orlovsky saying. Yeah, I would. I would seriously consider going to join the step. It would be so incredible if Dan Orlovsky was the quarterback coach and Mina Kimes was like the analytics, uh, you know, game game management coordinator. That would be amazing. And Greeny was the broadcaster. Um, it would be. And does Stephen
0: be, A. Get in the mix too? Does Stephen A. Get a little shine there? Is he doing something?
1: I don't think so. I think Marcus Spears is the defensive line coach. And you just you just bring over the the NFL analysts uh, from from ESPN. H- how how do you feel about the hire? You know, I really
0: did not think of it like in the more macro sense about the NFL's problems, like the 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 minority hiring stuff, until other people pointed it out to me. And I do respect where they're coming from. You know, like I I can see if I'm, you know, maybe like even like Reggie Wayne on their staff or something. Yeah. That would, that you know, that would bother me that Jeff just goes from Monday morning quarterbacking people to being a head coach. Um, A couple of things though. Number one, why are we making it sound like it's so hard and complicated for somebody to do this in football When it literally happens all the time in the other three sports. Players, players go from broadcaster to manager in baseball with no experience. Guys in the NBA do it. Guys in hockey do it. I mean, it happens in all three major sports. It might not be the most conventional way of doing it, but it's way more common. And I get it. It hasn't happened since the 1960s in football. But is football that much more complicated than the other sports? Yes. Just, you think yes? Because I hear people say all the time, football's really not that complicated of a game. Football's a simple game.
1: I, I think I think I I think I think that coaching in the other sports matters so much less than football. Personally. Like, because man, in basketball. I'm not, you're not rolling the ball out, but you play three or four NBA games in a week. M- most of the time, three. You're not doing a ton of practicing in season. You know, if you have got the Hornets, the Bulls, and the Knicks in a in a week on a road trip for a West Coast team, you're not practicing before any of those games. Maybe you have a walkthrough or two. Maybe you get to look at their you know, these are their end-of-game sets. And most of the coaching is done in-game and, like, calling stuff out from the bench. Like, whereas in the NFL, you're playing a 4-3. You're playing a 3 floor, You're playing a running quarterback. You're playing a pocket passer. It's, there's so much, like, week-to-week game-specific game planning that, that happens in football that doesn't happen as much in the other sports. I mean, baseball, it's like you've got the... The heat chart of the pitcher. You walk through with your catcher in in the morning to for for that day's starting pitcher, and then you just kind of go. So I, I do think coaching matters more in football than the other sports, not surprisingly, because he often does make the smartest points on the cross section of sociological issues within sports and certainly race issues within sports. I thought Bomani Jones made an awesome point to the Rooney rule stuff, which he was like, we don't need to go to the Rooney rule here. It's a bad job. Like there's a, there's a, enough prime examples of horrible hiring practices of minority coaches and token interviews and, Yeah. Disrespectful hiring practices for good jobs. Like the one I always point to is Mike McCarthy in Dallas. They interviewed Marvin Lewis clearly just to check a box. They had decided that they were going to hire him. Mike McCarthy said he watched every game of the Cowboys to prep for his interview. Oh,
0: it was so full of shit. Yeah. (laughs) They hire
1: him and he's like, Oh, I was just kidding At, at, at the press conference. But you know what I mean? Like if Jeff Saturday gets the job full time, then I think it's, absolutely one of the more egregious examples of that but I, I think we've got way more egregious examples of nepotism and token interviews and yeah. guys not getting second chances that white counterparts would get and all that stuff to me this is Jim Ursay being crazy and calling a friend to get him out of a tough spot for a season and we'll see what happens. So I I do think coaching in the NFL is way tougher than any of the other sports and coaching matters more. I think it's crazy and unconventional. And I get why emotionally people would be upset about it. Uh, But I don't think that this is the type of job that you would necessarily say minority candidate X gets their first shot to be an NFL head coach. Here's a nine game audition with Sam Ellinger when we're tanking, you go two and seven or one and eight, and then you never get a shot to be a head coach again. Yep, This is not a good proving ground spot for an up and coming coach. This is a spot to like hire your friend off the set of ESPN because you've tried to get him on the staff multiple times before. And he said, no, yep. so uh, it, but it's bizarre, man. It's it's gotta be one of the weirdest head coaching hires we've ever seen. And I'm rooting for him to win just to make Josh McDaniels look even worse. That makes sense. That makes sense. We had uh, Boomer sison comes on our show Wednesdays at 3. And he is the consummate Frank pro. Frank Reich, man. Well, yeah. Frank Reich, best friend, roommate in college, Maryland. Yeah. But so Boomer calls us. And every week. The second the second hand hits 3 o'clock, Norman Esiason, right? It shows up every single week. Didn't call in this week. Call him, no answer. Call him, no answer. Call the assistant, no answer. Oh, shit. Boomer, you know, didn't wake up from his nap, had something to do, forgot. No harm, no foul. Calls back like 40 minutes later. So sorry. Hey, boom, can we do you at the top of four o'clock? Of course, no problem. Put him on at four. Danny Matt, I'm so sorry. I was on the phone with Frank Reich. 90-minute call. Who and he just like, he's like, you know, he wouldn't spill all the gut beans, but he was just like, he's like, I was happy for my friend to get out of there. Uh, he won't say a bad word about Indy. I won't either. It was just time for him to go. They said, "Don't underestimate Jeff Saturday." Like those guys will be fine. Just didn't have a quarterback. But just suits said he said he might do the Doug Peterson thing. Take a year yeah. off. Wait for the right spot. He's like eight jobs come open every year. He'll be a head coach again. But it was just like apparently Frank Reich being classy as hell for being replaced by a television analyst. But I have to think Boomer was holding a little something back. Steelers and Saints. Should I be rooting for the Steelers to lose to New Orleans on Sunday? So I mean I kind of tipped my hand on this one earlier. Like I I don't think it matters if you think they have their quarterback. You know, like it yeah, you want the slightly better, you know, you want to have a shot at the first wide receiver instead of the second wide receiver in the draft. Like it it matters around the margins, but it but it, but if you have the quarterback you should be able to build a winner whether or not you have the sixth pick in the draft or the 10th pick in the draft. So, uh, you know, the thing with the Steelers is in theory, uh, unlike the bears where I gave the example earlier in theory with Tomlin and the organization, the culture is already there, right? Like the bears want to win because they want to teach the guys how to win. And Matt Eberflus wants to instill a winning culture in theory yeah. in Pittsburgh, where he's yeah, never he's- had an under 500 season. The, the, the culture's already there. So maybe a few more losses is better because you're not worried about the culture being there next year. But ultimately, I don't think it really matters.
0: Well, I think I'm thinking about what happened with Miami in the Trey Lance deal and how because they finished high enough up there and San Francisco wanted that pick so badly, they ended up getting picks that turned into Hill, Waddle, and Chubb. And so... I think Pickett's going to be really good. I don't know, even as a big fan of his, I, I would be, I think I'd be going out on the you know, furthest limb by saying that I think he's going to be like an Allen or Mahomes. So if he's like the next tier down, then like I want them to get a top five pick so a quarterback hungry team wants to mortgage their future for that pick. Because yeah, I think it absolutely. can accelerate like, uh, their winning.
1: Yeah, the, the the smart answer, and like what the GM would say if he was an injected with truth serum, is yes, you want the losses because you want the best pick. Because there's no difference between winning five and seven games in the NFL except the draft pick, right? So, so yeah, I'm just saying. I I think for fans, right? We're not talking NFL general managers on this podcast, like. <laughs> I think, I think for fans, it's real tough. You only get 17 of these a year. Most of them can wrap their minds around rooting for losses when the prize is franchise quarterback. I'm not sure most of them can do it for, like, the seventh pick is so much more valuable than the 11th pick yeah. so that we can take a receiver from Ohio State. Yeah. So. uh Do
0: you think, we'll talk Browns, Dolphins. Do you think Tua needs to start
1: being put into the MVP conversation? No. Why? Because he's got the offensive player of the year. Tyreek Hill is objectively better at his job than Tua is at his. Tyreek Hill's got a shot at the single season receiving yards record. Okay, we didn't didn't hold that against Mahomes when he had him. Right, but but Tyreek Hill's having a better season this year than he had in any year in Kansas City, and... And
0: the quarterback doesn't get credit for that?
1: No. Sorry. Dude, I mean, it, w- when does the eye test come into play for you? Never? No, it does,
0: but, like, I feel bad that the guy literally has the best QBR and passer rating in the league and hasn't lost when he's finished a game, and you're like, no, F him, I just... My eyes tell me I never played in the NFL and I have no scouting experience or anything, but my eyes say, no, I'm sorry. He can put up all the numbers he wants and never lose, and it's not going to impress Danny Parkins. In fact, I will give the receiver and the coach credit before I give it to him. Do I have that right?
1: Could not have said it better myself. (laughs) All right. How about the thing where it got
0: switched online and he looked like he was throwing it right-handed Instead of left-handed, when that happened, people were like, oh, shit, it actually looks good. Maybe you need to go watch that video again, Danny.
1: May, may, maybe I do. Okay. You've never scouted. You've never played. Who's more valuable to their team, Tua or Jalen Hurts? You know what? I'm going to surprise
0: you. I would, say, I would say Tua, and here's Stop. why. No, here's Stop. why. No, no, Stop. here's why. Here's why. Here's why. We've already seen what happens to the Dolphins oh, when they uh, go. Well, well, what do you mean? Why isn't Teddy? Why didn't Teddy Bridgewater put up numbers with those guys? I mean, it, he had what one game, and then he got hurt. He played in two games, and he got injured in one. Yes. Okay, so two is better than Teddy Bridgewater. Well, but all I'm saying is you're talking about value. When other guys went in and played quarterback, they lost a ton, or they not a ton, but they lost. With Tua, they win. Uh, my you brought up hurts. What, what does that have to do with Jalen Hurts? Well, here's what here's what that has to do with Jalen Hurts. I think if Minshew is in there, I don't think they're undefeated. Good. But I think they're still in first place.
1: Okay, okay, okay. that's 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 unanswerable. I mean. At some at some well, point, so is
0: when you're you, you're not backing up your argument with anything empirical. You're just saying, "I look at the guy and I don't think he's
1: that good." That's all you're saying. And that's no, hard to argue. It's, too. it's empirical is what he has around him. In with Waddle and Hill and yes, McDaniel and uh, Teron Armstead and Giuseppe. He's got he's got he's got an all-star okay, team. Mahomes had
0: Kelsey and Hill and Andy Reid and everything around him and. And I he never. had 5,000
1: yards and 50 touchdowns when he won the MVP.
0: And this guy is putting up, efficiency-wise, better statistics than
1: Mahomes right now, Danny. But not yards or touchdowns or my beloved eye test. <laughs> <laughs> he looks at the receiver when he throws it to him. Mahomes does no-look passes. Think what does that. Justin
0: Fields do? He actually blinds himself before the play. And Justin then Fields throw throws it and it just runs the he it.
1: Round. For 80, for 80 yards. Yeah. Listen, if you want to make the argument that Tua is better than, than Justin Fields, you're on the wrong podcast, my friend. Um, let me ask you about the Seahawks and Titans game from
0: this perspective. What did you make of, like, this war of words between Russell Wilson, Geno Smith, and Pete Carroll this week about wearing play charts on their wrists? Did you see this? This
1: back I- and forth? I, I saw a little of it. I feel like you love the drama of these midweek press conferences. Oh, I love this drama right here. I love, what am I supposed to make of it then? Here's what you're supposed Soap to make Opera? of this.
0: You're supposed to love the fact that Russell Wilson, who's supposed to always be sleek, PR, I'm always going to act like everything's great, no panic. This is chapping his ass. And he's letting his guard down a little bit on it. And you know, never in his wildest dreams did he anticipate. I mean, this is the Murphy's Law season for, from hell for him. Yeah. He sucks. The guy that was his backup is great. The coach that he said, get me away from him. He's my albatross. I can't win with him. Looks like a genius. He hired a great offensive coordinator. Their draft was incredible. I mean, it honestly is like a karma thing that you'd see in a movie.
1: I, I'm i with you on all of it. I I think that laughing at Russell Wilson has been one of the most enjoyable things in the NFL this season. And that's kind of mean.
0: But I think he's letting you know now that he's actually he hears it. He tries oh, to live in that cocoon he and bubble, hears it. But now he's letting his guard down, and you you're getting us you're getting to peek in that this is really burning him up
1: inside. Yeah, he's he is human. How could it not get at him? And we know that he cares about public perception. Like honestly, that's his downfall is that he cares about public perception so much, too much. He's kind of got some KD in him.
0: You know, where KD's
1: like, I don't give a fuck. My life's amazing. I'm KD. But he does it so hard and so aggressive that you know that he cares. Like, Russell Wilson is just tries so hard. He's such a tryhard that he wants public approval. And so, yeah, of course it's killing him what Geno Smith is doing and what Pete Carroll is doing. And you said like, never in your wildest match. Geno Smith's like the only person who believed this was possible. And I guess maybe Pete Carroll speaks came at me pretty hard on the show this week. He's like, you don't like defensive coaches. You won't give Matt Eberflus any credit. You won't give Pete Carroll any credit. It's all Geno Smith. Uh, He's like, you just, because I said I would fire Eberflus to keep Luke Getzey. Uh, just to have some continuity for Justin Fields and that was like the most unpopular opinion I've given in a long time wait a minute because
0: is there an idea that is going to get hired as a head coach is that out there yeah i mean he
1: he interviewed this last cycle oh i'm on i'm with you 100% on that you should have called me I, I mean i didn't really feel like i needed reinforcements i felt felt like i made the case pretty 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 well but like yeah getsy getsy interviewed for the Broncos job that went to hackett People think that he's a head coach in waiting. He's one of the youngest offensive coordinators, great play caller, all that stuff. And if he can do this with fields and nobody else, I, I think he's going to get a job. Like Lafleur only was in Tampa for, or in Tennessee for a year. Yep. But, but everyone knew he was such an up and comer that he got the job, even though the offensive numbers weren't huge. Like I think the same exact thing's going to happen. And everyone's like, well, just promote the next guy. Just find your Ken Dorsey and Josh Allen's finally. Like, well, Josh Allen had four years of Brian Dable. And he only had one coordinator his whole you know in the NFL until now. He was established. Fields isn't established, so I'd want some continuity there. But I do have to give Pete Carroll credit. Like he you talk about winning a divorce. I mean, he's crushing him more than Aaron Rodgers is crushing Aaron. Uh what's his name? Mike McCarthy. What's the last game? We were going way too long for this shitty so The
0: last game. game is Rams and Cardinals. And I just want to say simply, I think John Wolford puts out very strong Cooper Rush vibes here. I actually think this has a chance to be a good thing for the Rams because Stafford We well, need was, something good to happen. Well, right. And maybe this makes McVay work harder. <laughs> Me, you know what I mean? Like I think it's I think it's human nature after you win a Super Bowl to rest on your laurels a little bit. And I think that this right here is like a new challenge for them. So something needs to snap the Rams out of the funk that they're in. And I actually think that this guy might do that for them.
1: Thoughts? Uh, I have no idea if he's going to do that for him. And like, you know, Cooper Rush was, uh, it seems like every year you mentioned Gardner Minshew earlier. Like remember Minshew mania when everyone was like, this guy's amazing because he wears jorts and has a mustache. <laughs>
0: Was it was like, all about like the Fu Manchu and Jorts. If he dressed like you
1: and me, people would be like, oh fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah. It was so transparent. They were like, is Minshew a franchise quarterback? I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh and Cooper Rush was the same. Like Cooper Rush won while he was throwing for a hundred yards. You're we like, yeah. well, I mean, maybe they should give him the job over the guy that they gave 160 million dollars to. Like, what, what is going on with people? I so, like saying
0: that. That was fun. That was a fun little ride we were on together for about a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: you said that. It was like, what, are you high? Uh, <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah, I know. You quit. Nobody likes a quitter pony. I try to tell you that. But maybe it snaps McVay, it, you know, out of it. I, I saw he said this week that, uh, you know, His memory has been vastly overstated, which is just a funny thing for a young person to say when he's literally on camera recalling random plays from random games from five plus years ago with exact precision. I'm like, I don't know, man, your memory seems pretty damn good to me. Uh, But I just I don't think there is any saving the Rams this year. I mean, I, I know that seventh spot in the NFC is still there for the taking so much so that Mike Florio came on the station this week and said that the Bears could still get it. I'm just like, no, they can't. Counterpoint, <laughs> no. Counter can't. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if, if 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 people are making the argument that the Bears can get it, then certainly the Rams can still make the playoffs. But I, I don't think John Wolford is going to be the thing that saves them. All right, Danny. All right, Good Tony. Th- thank you to Spencer Ray. We went an hour on this slate of games. We should get hazard pay. I'll see you out there. See you, buddy. Subscribe, rate, review, first and pod. Peace.